Williams and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns, we mentioned in the last segment with George Sedano, he's going to be doing the sideline reporting for ESPN's broadcaster. Back at home, finally, after a road trip that did not go well. One in five. The only victory was a very impressive win against Memphis. Still not exactly sure how they pulled that off, destroying the Grizzlies the way they did. The rest of it was pretty much a disaster. They, they played harder last night, better last night. They were in a position to win the game, which just made the fact that they didn't win it that much more difficult to swallow last night, right? It like, it, yeah. you know, it's, in some ways it's almost easier when you get blown out and you're down by 32 in the second hey, quarter. Shut the TV off in the second half. Exactly. Whereas last night's really broke your heart. There were some good things last night, just not enough of them for the Suns. There's like the good and the bad. The good was, you know, that Chris Paul played well, that he had a solid game, that he had to play a lot of minutes because of the campaign injury, and he stepped up and he played really well. The other good was 18 rebounds of DeAndre Aiden. I mean, he had really, what do you have, five rebounds against the Knicks the other day? Yes. Like 18 rebounds. Like he talked the, talked the talk and then he walked the walk. Now, again, you know me, I don't think that that's who he is week, you know, night in and night out. Every once in a while, he might be able to muster that up, but um, that was a great game for him. I mean, they won a, the rebound battle against the Cavaliers, who are a great rebounding team. One of the best, if not the best in the league. So that was a good sign. Um, their, their defense. They defended very well. Which has been a problem. They did a really good job defending the corner threes because Cleveland's not, they don't shoot a high velocity of threes, but they have a high efficiency rate on the threes. So they're not your traditional team that's going to jack them up like everybody else, but they're pretty good when they do shoot them. It's just not their main shot. Uh, but I thought the Suns did a good job defending, especially in the corner, because that's the easiest three to take. So I thought they did a good job on that. I think Cleveland was 0 for 14 or something to start. They were to start. They were. Yeah, so I think that there were a lot of good signs that came out of last night's game, but there were also some bad signs. Yeah, and we'll talk about those. I want to go back to Aiton real quick, because I do want to... Uh, look, you, you said it, you're right. The consistency upon which we count on those things with Aiton, it's just hard to come by, right? Like We, just, yeah. we never know what kind of game he's going to have. It was important for him to have a game last night because he, in essence, kind of called out the team after the next game. You know, like it's when when he said that comment about I'm I'm not used to the no fight in us. Okay, right. he's he's talking about the whole team. He's kind of calling out the whole team. Uh, and Myers Drysdale last night on the broadcast even pointed out something you and I talked about yesterday. If you're going to go there, if you're DeAndre Ayton, you can't have one of those five rebound nights, right? You can't have one of those nights where you're playing passively. You're not being aggressive. DeAndre Ayton was very, very aggressive last night. It's just so hit or miss with him for games like that. And every time we think we've seen the game where you go, yep, that's it. There's DeAndre. There's the guy who's worth $30 million a year. He'll follow it up with a game where he has five rebounds and doesn't go to the free throw yeah. line, right? Yep. And that's, unfortunately, it feels like we are doomed and destined to ride that roller coaster with DeAndre Ayton for the rest of his career here. Like, that's just who he's going to be. And nothing's ever going to change that with DeAndre. And that's why there's the reluctance to pay that type of money, $30 million, to, to a guy that's not, you know, that's not a max player. Like, if you like, 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 they they had to do it because you're right. They were going to lose him for nothing, and you don't want to lose a guy like that for nothing because he is a valuable. And maybe at some point he becomes more tradable as the cow as the cap goes up and all of that stuff. But right now, 
you know, you've got a good center in the league. Like you have a set, you have a good set. You don't have a, you don't have the best center in the league, but you've got a good center in the league. He's just not as consistent as everybody wants. Him okay, to be. here's a question. I just thought of this. Okay, today's the fifth. Yeah, the, the, the deadline's coming up. Ten days. Yeah, that you could trade him. Ten days. I don't think anybody wants him. That's, unfortunately, if you want to trade him, that would be the drag on it. Is I don't know if, who would want him at this point. I don't know who it's would. The money. It's the money. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the money. It's the okay, $30 million dollars a year. For I, what? What are you getting? I've talked to teams about John Collins, right? Because Atlanta really wants to get off of John Collins. And DeAndre Ayton is the same thing. So, you know, do you, there are teams that like DeAndre Ayton. They just don't like him at $30 million. There are teams that really like John Collins. They just don't like him at $27 million. Right. Like, at 15 yeah, I like him. But because, you know, because you've got a cap and you've got a luxury tax, it, like, you've got to weigh all of this stuff. Getting a guy for $30 million may prevent you from doing two to three other things. You get John Collins on the contract for 25 next year, 26 the year after, 26 the year after that. Like, I'm, yeah, people don't, they like John Collins, but they don't want to pay him that type of money. If, they, if you can get him for 15 you like him. If you got to pay 27 you don't like him. That was always going to be the problem with DeAndre, was that if he played well enough that you could trade him, you wouldn't want to trade him. And if he's playing yeah. poorly enough that you want to trade him, you Nobody can't trade him. him. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, sort of, yeah. it's been this catch-22 with him where you're kind of kind of puts you in a corner a little bit. January 15th is the day where the Suns are a lot... Now, he still has veto power over it for a full year. Yep. Um, and he can't be traded to the Indiana Pacers. That nope. can't happen. But that day is coming up in 10 days. Whether that changes anything, I don't know. 32 million next year, 34 the year after that, 35 the year after that. I don't know that a team looks at him and says, I want that guy at $35 million. I just don't believe that. Not unless they're giving up a contract they don't want either. But even then, I don't know if a deal could happen wow. or not. You'd almost not be bad contract for bad contract. And then maybe you got to throw like in a pick to get right. rid of like, it. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get but, to that point. But that date, you know, we always kind of circled that date as one to keep an eye on. And we're getting very, very close to it now. The other thing about last night's game mm-hmm. was, and they trusted Mikel Bridges with the last shot. He got a good look. He missed it. He was 3 of 15 from the floor. And I, I might give myself a little bit of homework sometime over the next couple of days. I'm going to go back and look at Mikel Bridges this season. He averages about 12 shots per game. I wonder what his shooting percentage is when he takes under 12 shots per game or when he takes over 12 shots per game. Because it does seem like with him, with the high volume, comes the uneven performances. Like, he's worse the more you're asking him to do offensively. And that's... We talked about it earlier. They talked about it on the morning show today. Does he become expendable? Does, it, does that make him more you, expendable? Well, what you've, you've seen now, you know, with Chris out for a little bit and and, and with Book out, they have asked Mikhail to step up. I mean, they trusted him to take the final shot last night. They have asked him to step up and be more of a main scorer, but he does seem somewhat incapable of being that guy. That doesn't mean he's still not a really good player in this league. He's just not that, that, that he doesn't have no. that ability to go, I can be the one or one A guy scoring wise. And, and understand the difference here. I think this is what they were saying on the morning show, too. I'm not saying Mikel Bridges is expendable. It's this that over the summer when we were having these Kevin Durant talks, everybody was saying, you can't trade Mikel, you can't trade Mikel, you can't do it. I think the tone of that conversation has changed a little bit now. I don't think Mikel is no longer in the you can't trade him under any circumstances conversation. I think he's become more expendable than he was over the summer. That doesn't make him expendable just more than he was six months ago. Well, 
I think it was more like, okay, was he, you know, he, was he almost untouchable? That's what I mean. That's exactly right. And now he's touchable. And now it's yeah, you know, he's, in the right deal. He's kind of touchable. In the right deal, we might move him. Yeah. And he's under a good contract. Like he's under a, like teams yeah. aren't going to look at. So we talk about DeAndre's contract, Collins. Co- nobody's going to look at Mikhail's contract and say, oh, I don't want to touch that. It's yeah. actually a pretty decent contract. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line. It's open for you always throughout Burns and Gambo at six twenty six twenty. What could be the reason for Kyler Murray's regression this season? His head coach didn't exactly clarify it with his answer. We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? A lot on tonight. A lot of games on tonight. We got the Coyotes and the Flyers. They are... I always have to turn my head to see the scoreboard. On that one. They are nothing-nothing right now in a game that's uh, seven minutes old. That game's on ESPN 620 right now as the Coyotes in Philadelphia. We are off a little early tonight. Uh, Washington State is at ASU Men's Basketball. You'll hear that game here on Arizona Sports and on the Arizona Sports app. Then later tonight at 9 o'clock, Gambo's favorite team in the whole wide world. Bear down! The University of Arizona Wildcat Men's Basketball team is hosting Washington tonight at 9 o'clock. We'll yeah. be Washington sh- should probably not even show up. <laughs> hey, U of A does not lose at McHale. We'll be leading the show with it tomorrow, too. U of A does not lose at McHale. <laughs> they, they, what they they leading with it at 2 o'clock, and then we're going to hit the weigh-in for the actual top story. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Gambo's infatuated with U of A basketball. Has been for a couple of years now. Just infatuated I think with I, it. No, I think ever since I watched Lute Olsen with that team with Bibby and Simon and A.J. Bramlett, I've always Wrong. loved U of A basketball. Wrong. No, the, the last couple of years, you have been obsessed with U of A basketball. Mm. I'm sure you've always liked them, but this level of obsession you have with them now, like I know you're going to be watching that at 9 o'clock tonight. I know you are. Or are you not? We did finish the Valhalla Murders last night oh, good. on Netflix. An uh, Icelandic show. Really good. It was really good. I'm sure it was. I'm sure yes, it was. the Valhalla Murders. Mm-hmm. You like those shows in far, those foreign language shows? I like a lot of them. Well, I watch everything with subtitles anyway. I'm officially an old man because I watch everything with subtitles. Like, we always turn on the subtitles when we watch TV. Really? Oh, yeah. Do absolutely. you lower the volume? Huh? No, 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 no. We still have the volume up. I, 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 I have everything with subtitles, like, too. Like, in case they say something, and I'm like, wait, what did he say? What did he say? I, I don't have to. It's right. Well, what's wrong with I, I do can't subtitles stand too. subtitles because then you spoil some of the best lines I, in movies. I, I understand that. I watch everything in subtitles, too. I, I, I think this might be an age thing. Oh, I don't know if it's actually my 20- 20. It's not an age thing because I just saw the gentleman the other day with a bunch of, you know, 20 somethings, and they have the subtitles on. They're like, can't watch it without it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. My 22-year-old daughter can't watch anything without the subtitles. The problem is I think my hearing's actually okay, but I can't hear my wife. Because well, like, you're busy watching Valhalla kill each other. So I tell her, listen, if you're going to talk to me, you have to talk higher than the level that the TV is on. Because she'll talk to me if I'm, I'm concentrating on a game or something, and I don't hear her. I'm like, you have to be louder than the volume of the TV for me to hear. If you're lower than the volume of the TV, I can't hear you. I don't know why she doesn't understand that. If you want it, like, I have to... I, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I, she gets so frustrated. You need a hearing aid. No, I don't need a hearing aid. My hearing's okay. I went for a hearing test a year ago. My hearing's okay. I can't hear you, but I can hear everybody else. 
You talk too low. That talk louder. That sounds like a classic case of selective hearing loss. Not I my hearing hear fine. You. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Translation: I don't want to hear you. If something is on, and you want to get my attention. You have to talk louder than what is on, not lower, because I can't pick up the lower volume. Uh, this just came in uh, to our newsroom as well. The Arizona Diamondbacks have made it official. Evan Longoria signed a one-year deal. The, the move was reported last week. Uh, he is, according to AZ Central's Nick Bacoro, getting $4 million with an additional $1 million in bonuses as well. 37 years old. This has been long, long, long rumored as going to happen. He lives here in the offseason. There was an expectation that he really wanted to sign with the Diamondbacks to yeah. keep playing but stay closer a, to home. It's a terrific stopgap option if he could stay healthy. Yep. Um, as a, And he's still a good defensive player at third base. So uh, I, th- I like the signing until they can, because they don't have a long-term answer at third base. So he gives them a, a year to figure it out. A right-handed bat, that's going to help obviously, too, with how left-handed heavy they were. Now, they've obviously changed that over this offseason, but they've made a real they've made a real emphasis on getting some right-handed bats in here, and they've kind of reshaped that a little bit, whether it's Longoria or the catcher they got from the Blue Jays or Guriel or other players, so uh, that that definitely has been the theme this offseason. Cardinals, in the meantime, yesterday, uh, or earlier this week, I should say, Kyler Murray officially had his ACL surgery. And while we don't know how long he's going to be out. Cliff Kingsbury talking about the surgery called it a little bit of a reset year for Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's never been through this, obviously, but uh, he's excited. I think it can be kind of a reset for him. Um, we know, you know, we had our struggles this year offensively, and we feel like we can play at a much higher level, and um, I think he understands that he can build himself back better and um, attack this thing, and I think that's how he's viewing it. It's, it's kind of a, a reset, and you know, where he takes it now is kind of how what's going to define his career. I think that is the most important thing. It, it, it will define his career because right now this is a career very much in limbo to the point where when you talk about Kyler Murray, it's no longer like what I used to say. You don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback for the entire decade of the 20s. You're going to go the entire decade without drafting a guy. He was rookie of the year. He was lighting it up. He was great. We keep saying, him. when was the last time Kyler Murray had a great game? It's been a long time ago. Now, a lot of the discussion is, when could you get out of that contract if this doesn't work out? And all the guys that passed him by. We mentioned Trevor Lawrence earlier. Trevor Lawrence has passed him by. There's been five to seven quarterbacks that passed him by this year. This year. That a year ago, we we had him rated higher then. So, you know, Jalen Hurts. Trevor Lawrence. Sure. There's a lot of players now. Like oh, guy, Kyler's back to being, instead of a top 10 quarterback, kind of in the middle. And that's when you start talking about, if he doesn't play well, when is the out? in that contract. It's weird to think that a player who's got that much guaranteed money coming his way is at the crossroads moment of his career, but it kind of is, right? Like, it's kind of, because if if he's got, like, this two-year window now where, okay, he's going to make the money, he's going to get paid, nothing is going to change that, but in terms of truly defining what kind of quarterback he's going to be, he's there. He's at this crossroad moment. Are, are you going to be great? Are you going to be elite? Or are you going to be Jared Goff? Are you going to be Carson Wentz? Are you going to be that guy that got that money that that team couldn't wait to move on from? Right, and and that's sort of where he stands now. And Cliff is one thousand percent correct. This is going to define his career. 
how he comes back from this injury, how he plays, how he reinvents himself is going to define what kind of quarterback history judges Kyler Murray to be. And you know, it was quarter, with quarterbacks, it's always one man's trash is another man's treasure. Because I'm telling you right now, there'll be teams that line up for Derek Carr. If they want, if the Raiders decide to get rid of Carr, of course, you know, of course. And he, but the Raiders are like he's no good. We're playing Jared Stidham over him. Carson Wentz has had like three different teams he's been on since the. Like there will be somebody to look at Kyler Murray and say that kid was Rookie of the Year. He's electric. Look at some of these plays. Like I'll take him over what I have. So that's the, the quarterbacks in the NFL. One man's trash is another man's treasure. They always think that they can fix, you know, fix a I guy can, and can get more you. out of him. Yep, I can fix you. And 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 very rarely does it work. Sometimes it does. It works with. Ryan Tannehill, when he went to the Titans, right? They fixed him for a couple of years. He's working right now with Jared Goff. To a certain extent, yes, it is. How about Geno Smith? Talk Seattle wants to going to extend him. Yeah, Geno Smith's a little different because it it wasn't like an overnight fix for him. And that it's been, I mean, what? (laughs) Nine years, eight years, right? I mean, he he went a whole like Rich Gannon like stretch where he wasn't relevant at all in this league. But, But the Cardinals are. Two years away from even realistically being able to have that conversation about Kyler. I mean, the money that he not counts this year. It's just it's not for the next two. It's twenty three and twenty four is going to be very hard to, to move happen. off of him. If yeah, if you decided that you wanted to do that, hopefully you don't. Right? Hopefully, hopefully you, don't. you don't have to do that. Yeah. Hopefully he gets back and he plays well and you're okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And of course, we'll see what happens with the Cardinals this weekend. Right now, locked into the number four spot, a chance to move up, a chance to fall back. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the forty nine. Do we'll see if anybody ahead of them loses? We'll have more on that tomorrow. That's going to do it for us. ASU basketball is coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock, right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.